Welcome everybody to the Arch City Paranormal Podcast. I am Kyle, your tour guide through the world of the weird, or the weird world, world of the weird, whatever. Glad you joined me today. It is uh, a good day to be listening to a podcast. It's a great day to be listening to this podcast. Really excited that you decided to click on that button, give it a listen. Hopefully I don't bore you over the next hour. If we even make it to an hour, I think we will make it to an hour, but I really appreciate you logging in, checking us out. If you haven't subscribed already, wherever you, wherever you found us, click your subscription link so that, uh, we'll just show up in your phone. It's kind of creepy. Me in your ear showing up in your phone randomly. We don't even know each other, but it's cool. We get to hang out. We get to talk. And you can talk to the show by emailing archcityparanormal at gmail.com or hit us up on any of our social media over at uh, Facebook, Instagram. If you, if you look it up, we're there. So we've got a pretty full schedule today. i got some good stuff to talk about, I think. We're going to talk about the mind connection between siblings, uh, telepathy between siblings. Should be fairly interesting. There's a, a story from um, Penn State uh, I'm able to cite on that one that is fairly interesting plus a really cool anecdotal story plus a bigfoot convention went on this past weekend in minnesota we're going to talk about that also tying in with that uh, we've got a another bigfoot sighting in kentucky and this time there was gunfire as far as i know bigfoot was not armed but we're we're going to cover that uh, also, we're going back to the UFOs, always a popular topic. What famous astronaut has come out publicly now and said that they they do believe in extraterrestrials? So we'll get to all that. Plus, you know, I've got I've got sports to talk about, and you know, like I like I always do, a couple things to to cover there. So we'll get into that. A little distraction from the paranormal, of course. You know, if you've listened to us before, we cover everything: ghost hunting, cryptozoology, ufology. Anything remotely weird, uh, I'll talk about, we'll talk about if I've got other folks on. So if today isn't your cup of tea, stick with me. I'll entertain you. You'll laugh at least once. I guarantee one laugh. That might be too much. Yeah, I'll guarantee one laugh. You'll you'll chuckle. Maybe not a laugh. Maybe not a full-blown giggle fest, but a, but a chuckle. I feel comfortable in, in promising a chuckle somewhere along the line. Do I know where it'll come? No, I have no idea because half of this I do off the top of my head anyway. So let me get a drink of water before we talk about what has happened in, in, in sports these last couple days. So I record these shows on t- or Tuesday. See, I don't even know what day it is. So I record these shows on Wednesdays to get them out to you uh, Thursday or Friday. So two big things happened in sports yesterday that are pretty close to my heart. The the first one I want to talk about, fall football, fall college football. If you even know me in passing, you know that there is nothing I enjoy more than college football. Nothing I enjoy more. Of course, Ohio State is my team, but I will literally turn on Mississippi Tech versus I don't, I don't even Florida 
Florida Key West Technical Engineering College at 2 a.m. on ESPN because I, I just love college football that much. Just the how hard the guys work, the the different the the innovation that you see with the play calling. I absolutely I just love it. It, it. In my opinion, the NFL obviously is the 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 epitome, the apex of American football. But to watch the innovation on the field, the, the you know the spread offense came from the from, came from college, and once those quarterbacks started coming to the NFL, that's just an example of the way the NFL has sort of molded and taking the best parts of, of college football as those players come up. And that's why I love it, because you see so much cool stuff, play calling, et cetera, go on in college. It's just something, the the, the diversity of the, of the teams, where they come from, what conference they play in, what they're playing for. I mean, you've got teams that, that have no shot at winning a national title. All they're trying to do is get the best record they can so that they can win their their division, you know, the, the, the 10 little – team conference that they're in so I love college football and yesterday the Big Ten which Ohio State is a part of announced that they will not be having football this fall because of COVID this was preceded by the MAC conference which is another uh, large-ish conference here in the Midwest Mid-American Conference. So, so yeah. I'm super upset. It, it pisses me off that, first of all, this is all precipitated by the, the folks that don't believe in wearing a mask, haven't made this shit go away. All we had to do was mask up and stay the fuck away from each other. And this would be over. I don't care about your political leaning Science is science. If you just wore a mask, stayed six feet apart, or kept your ass at home and watched Netflix, this would be over. It would be over. Like the rest of the planet, it's over. And we'll be getting back to having fans in the stands, sports on the field, going going out to have dinner, going out to drink beer. We would all get to experience that right now. But the selfish... Oh. I'm either going to get listeners or lose them right here. The selfish motherfuckers that can't decide to put on a mask when they have to go out in public for whatever reason they have to go out for is why we don't have football. It's why I don't get it's why I don't get fall football. It's why you're not getting fall football. Is because Karen and Chad read on the internet somewhere that this YouTube video once said masks don't work, or that that the, or that COVID is a complete hoax, and that's why we don't get college football this fall. The only redeeming thing, the only redeeming thing, besides the leaves, the the beautiful color of the leaves on the trees changing into that gorgeous orange and red and yellow. The only other damn thing redeeming about the autumn in the Midwest is college football. So we're not going to have fall fairs. 
We're not going to have college football. Kids aren't going to be able to go trick-or-treating. Would you let your kid? I don't have kids that are trick-or-treating age. Would you let your kid go trick-or-treating? I sure as hell wouldn't. So you're not going to get trick-or-treating. The kids aren't going to get to dress up. And if they do, it's going to be something where they go to grandma and grandpa's house and they get candy from them. You know, everybody was so concerned for years that somebody's going to slip a razor blade into a miniature Snickers. Never thinking for a second that there was going to be some virus out there that we really needed to worry about. Need to take care of ourselves. Need to not be selfish and put on a damn mask, Chad, and look out for each other. It didn't matter. You're infringing on my rights. Well, you know what you're doing now? Now you're infringing on my entire autumn. Because the only redeeming thing about fall in the United States is college football. The winter sucks. It sucks. I hate it. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. It's not pretty. If you if you're you're you're, you're delusional. You're delusional and you've convinced yourself that 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 winter is pretty and it's wonderful and if if you live say south of the Mason-Dixon line and you happen to be listening to us, thank you very much for tuning in. But if you live south of the Mason-Dixon line and you want to tell me about how all oh, winter's not that bad. Winter's not that bad. To get up at 4:30 in the morning and your and your car is encased in ice. Encased in ice. And guess what you get to do before you can pull out of your fucking driveway and drag your ass off to a job you probably barely can barely can stand. Yes, you have to scrape all that shit off so that you can see out your windows. Sub zero. Who the fuck likes doing that? No one. Because anybody that can relate to that understands how much winter sucks. It's terrible. It's horrible. There's there's that white shit that everybody wants to tell you about. It's so beautiful when it when it snows and it gets so quiet and it's it's just wonderful. I just love looking at it. It makes me feel so cozy and fuck off. Snow sucks. Winter sucks. Frost sucks. You can't drive. Three quarters of the people within the sound of my voice right now can't drive in the snow. Hell, you can barely drive in the rain. You've seen them. You've been behind them. So now the only redeeming thing that we have leading up to this horrible season that we're getting ready to drag our asses into, the only thing that made it worthwhile to stay locked in your house as close to a space heater as possible is now gone because Chad and Karen don't believe in COVID. It's a compliance hoax. No, dumbass. It's a virus and it's contagious. Stay the fuck away from each other and wear a mask. Completely ridiculous. You shit on my fall. You shit on it. And now I don't get to watch college football. I especially don't get to see my Buckeyes. And you suck. You suck more than winter. Ridiculous, selfish bastards. Absolutely ridiculous. We're still dealing with this shit. The rest of the planet pointing their fingers. What the fuck is wrong with them? We have no idea. 
I sincerely apologize. If you're, if you're listening to me outside the United States, believe me, speaking as a rational American, I am so fucking sorry. I am so sorry for, for this, for all this. Probably pretty entertaining though. Turn on your news at night. Well, what did they do today, Joe? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. So deep breath. And we'll talk about hockey. Blue Jackets playoff hockey. Stanley Cup playoffs. Last night, last night, we saw the Blue Jackets take on the Tampa Bay Lightning, setting records. Okay, the first, we'll just start, we'll just right off the top, everybody probably already knows. If, if you're a marginal hockey fan, you know what happened last night. So if, if you live in, I would say, probably the state of Ohio, which a lot of our listeners do, you're aware of what happened last night, whether you're a hockey fan or not. So if you follow the NHL at all, first round playoffs, CBJ versus the Lightning. We hate the Lightning, by the way. This game started at 3 p.m. It went to five overtimes. So they played the game. Get this. If you don't follow hockey, let me just break it down for you. In, in hockey, there are three periods, two intermissions. There's three 20-minute three periods, okay? And then after that, in the playoffs, you got to have a winner because somebody has to win because you eventually have to move on. Now, while they play a seven-game series, there can't be any draws. So you have to find a winner. So last night, tied up 2-2, Tampa Bay, CBJ, they go to five overtimes. That's five, 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 count those. Look at your hand and count each, yes, five, five of those. They go to five overtimes. They legit, even, even on time, they played two and a half games last night. Two and a, two and a, two and a half in one night. So you had three periods of regulation hockey. Okay. Then you got another three overtime periods of hockey. Okay. And then you had another one to make it four. And then you had one more. They went almost a full 10 minutes. And I believe it. I have to look at, I, I don't know exactly when Braden point threw that trash toward the net and it went by and they won. But it was right around the 10-minute mark. So they legit played two and a half games last night. It was unbelievable. Jonas, Corp- Jonas Corposalo, our goalie, Corpy, made 85 saves. 85, 85, 85 saves. Ridiculous. A normal hockey game with a decent defense, a, a keeper might see, might see 32, 33 shots, stop 30. Unbelievable. Set a uh, NHL playoff record. Almost set the longest game in NHL history record. I believe it ended up being the fourth longest game in NHL history. Unbelievable. It was fantastic. The game went off at like, I think it was finally over around 10 o'clock. The game started at 3 p.m. It was like seven hours of hockey. I was already excited. Like, oh, that's pretty cool. They're playing at three o'clock in the afternoon. That's that's pretty sweet. Like, you know, everything will be wrapped up probably, eh, usually about two and a half, three hours. Seven o'clock-ish. Enough time for dinner. Watch some bad sitcom TV. 
drag my ass off to bed. No, nope. They had other plans. In fact, the game went so long, they've broken up into the bubble because, you know, the NHL believes in COVID. So they've broken them up into a bubble and the the East Conference is all playing in Toronto. Uh, Their playoff games are all being played in Toronto and the West is being played, I believe, in Edmonton. So they only have one rank. So they've split up and staggered the times. That's why CBJ had to play at three. Well, what they've done to take care of the ice and to make sure everything's uh, sanitized, disinfected, is they it takes it's some weird number. It's like 66 minutes between the end of one game and then when they can start the clock for warm-ups on the next. And then it's another 23 minutes for warm-ups. So 89 minutes, basically, from the, the, the when this game ends to the, to the next, to the beginning of the following game. So last night after the CBJ, Carolina and Boston were supposed to play. The NHLs have, we can't, they can't play. There's no way. They had to postpone the game until today, Wednesday. They had to postpone the game today. Actually, they're playing right now as I record this. They started at 11 a.m. I mean, like there's playoff hockey on right now. It's a Wednesday in August. And it's noon. It's it's fantastic. When you It's fantastic. And you're seeing these other leagues doing the same thing. MLS was in a bubble and everybody went, oh, that's a really good idea. So the NHL decided they would do it. The NBA is currently doing it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Currently doing it as well in Orlando. In fact, the MLS uh, just last night uh, crowned their MLS's back tournament champion. I believe it was a Portland Timbers. Who knew you'd tune into a paranormal podcast and I would already be all over on sports, right? So anyway, five overtimes, basically two and a half games. Corpy makes 85 saves. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. I highly suggest tomorrow, Thursday, uh, the day this drops, they play again, I believe, at 3 o'clock. Should be a fantastic series. Don't forget, last time, Blue Jackets swept them, so it was a big deal last night. Tampa Bay was really excited that they actually could beat us. Because I don't think, I think we played them once during the regular season before everything got called off before uh, COVID. And of course, we kicked their ass then, too. We're going to win tomorrow. Okay, so anyway, enough of all that. I've probably bored the shit out of a bunch of you. They're in a bubble. Why would they be in a bubble with no fans? Why would they not want to sell tickets? Millions of dollars, Karen. Millions of dollars they could be making off selling tickets, bringing people in. If COVID's not real, it's a conspiracy designed for our compliance so that they know what, what, shut up, shut up. You're ridiculous. And the thing about it is, you know, you're ridiculous. And if you're anti-fucking-vax anyway, they'll come out with a vaccine and it'll have a, a Bill Gates tracking chip in it. Meanwhile, what you're listening to to me or what you're listening to me on right now is tracking your every move and reporting it all back to Google. They know exactly where you are. They've known where you are since you bought the fucking phone. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're, you're a caricature of somebody that should be fighting for freedom somewhere. You, you and your fucking haircut. It's a paranormal podcast, I swear to God. <laughs> so anyway, deep breath. Deep breath, drink your water. Okay. Sibling mind connection. 
Let's talk about that. This is actually pretty interesting because it's went on all the time you hear about siblings being able to sort of know what's going on with each other, especially twins. Anybody that may have been a a, a G.I. Joe fan like myself, huge G.I. Joe fan. You had Tomax and Zaymot, the twins, where, where one of them would get hurt and the other one would actually feel the pain. If you remember that 80s kid, I might be dating myself right there. So anyway, there's actually been like legit research into this. and got a, uh, some info, a uh, story that um, this guy tells uh, when he was younger and an experience that he had with his um, with his sister. So I'll read this to you and then we'll read the the Penn State findings that they had. And we'll see what you think. My sister was struggling with her mental health. It turns out she has pretty bad anxiety and was getting picked on at school at the time. Anyway, she was often in a bad mood, but I never suspected anything because it's normal for her. She's short-tempered anyway. I'm 99% sure it was on New Year's Eve. I was fast asleep when suddenly I had a dream. My dream dream consisted of her in a room and she screamed for just a moment. There was an overwhelming sense of intensity in this dream and I never dreamt about her prior. I then woke up and had a strange thought. I suddenly found myself imagining that there were people in her room, robbers or burglar looking fellas. This thought came out of nowhere and it didn't feel as if I had put the thought there. I kept telling myself that it was just a dream and I should go back to bed and that she'd be fine the next morning. But for some reason, there was something in the back of my mind that would not let me sleep. Something telling me that it was more than just a dream. So I woke my mom up. She went into my sister's room and sure enough, she had attempted to overdose on different medical pills from our house. She was passed out and would not wake up. Luckily, the ambulance got there in time and she was okay. But if I would never woken up, she'd be dead today. I always thought it was strange how I, how I had this unexplained feeling that she was in danger when there was nothing to suggest it. It always felt to me like it was supposed to happen because it, it, it was supposed to happen because it just wasn't her time. So it's pretty interesting. And they say that this is kind of normal. Maybe not to have a connection where you actually like full on save your sibling's life, but there's been studies on this and there's the, the one from Penn state that I was able to track down people first became interested in, uh, telepathy because twins started to share their experiences of crisis telepathy. An example of this is that one twin reporting outing one twin. This is just so easy for me to say an example of, of this is one trend, one twin. Why is that so tough for me to say? An example of this is that one twin reported agonizing pain on the left side of her body. That's weird. I can spit it out there. Then later found out that she had the, at that exact moment, she experienced the pain. Her twin sister had gotten into a car crash. For some people, anecdotes such as this one is enough evidence to convince them that the telepathy exists, but unfortunately there is no scientific evidence to prove this yet. Most of the studies that have been conducted to test it involves testing telepathy in twins. A study done by a Swedish psychologist was reported by ABC News. Twins were randomly chosen to participate in the experiment. All the twins that were chosen had reported they had experienced some type of telepathy. Telepathy. I'm having such trouble with that word. Like I'm drunk. At some point in their life. In the study, one twin is hooked up to a... In the study, one twin is hooked up to a four-channel polygraph. And this was duplicated at Penn State. One twin was hooked up to a four channel polygraph machine that measures psychological changes in the body. The other twin was exposed to physical surprises, such as dipping their hands into a bucket of ice. The goal was to see if the physiological changes occur in the twin who is not exposed to the physical surprises. 
And in fact, the, the, the study revealed that it did. So this really studies like this go to underline that there is something outside of ourselves, some type of, of question or answer begins to answer the question of the, of there being something outside of us, something greater than us, some connection that we all have to each other. We've seen it in everything. You see it in paranormal research. You say, you know, you get a, you get a feeling before something bad happens. It doesn't even need to be paranormal. It's just this awareness of our surroundings. When you open yourself up and you allow yourself to sort of take in the information that's around you, a lot of times what can happen is you'll begin, you'll begin to get these messages and you'll start to pass them off. And I can speak from personal experience. You'll start to pass them off as, well, that's weird. You'll ignore them, but make note of them. And then eventually you start realizing, hey, wait, I'm not, I'm not completely crazy. You start to see that, well, maybe I, do, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Maybe the universe does have something in connection with each of us that we need to explore. Even deja vu, <clears throat> excuse me, when we talk about deja vu, a, a lot of people will attribute that to like a second or, or a second life, a previous life. What if that's just our connection to the universe? You know, a lot of times, and I, and I believe that time is cyclical. So, I mean, even if you look back at history, they say a lot of times, well, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. I believe that we actually repeat history anyway. Things that happen in the past happen again over and over again. They're big things and little things, but they happen over and over again. They're cyclical because humans keep repeating this pattern of life. This huge boom, this explosion of, of technology or whatever you want to, whatever it could be. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be technology, but just advancements in time. And then there's a crash. I mean, you can look at it like the stock, the stock market. You know, there's a huge boom period after World War One, and then we had a stock market crash. And this huge, just amazingly enormous, huge boom period up until 2008, and the stock market crashes. And then you could say right now that we're on another one of those upticks for the roller coaster, which is going to crash again. These things cyclically happen throughout time. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, that's that's economics, and it's the market resetting itself, things like that. I contend that it's actually history. It's actually humans. These things happen this way because it's the way the universe works. I mean, no one really knows right now. If you take paranormal completely out of it, let's go strictly science. No one knows for sure, absolute fact sure, that since the Big Bang, was there another habitable planet in our galaxy where there were other beings at one point in time? And did that planet die off? It sure is, it sure looks like that could be Mars. We're not sure yet because we haven't developed the technology. We haven't developed the right technology enough to send people to Mars to actually do hands-on exploring. We've got Rover there now. So, I mean, it's not even paranormal. It's just to say that once humans rise up so much and we have these experiences, it could just be I don't know. I want to say in the in the air. It's in the water. Speaking of diseases, but it's something. It's those things that we can experience over and over and over again, and that's that deja vu thing that like clicks together. And it's the weirdest thing. And we've all experienced it. 
And it's usually the most mundane shit. At least for me, it has been anyway. Nothing significant. I've never had anything significant happening in my life. And it's been deja vu. Like, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. Like, I know it's usually just stupid. And you're you're three quarters of the way through the experience before you even realize it's going on. And you're able to, you know, say, oh, well, this happened. And then that happened. And then I remembered her walking through the door. Well, that was neat. And it's of no consequence. It's of no consequence whatsoever. So perhaps if we open ourselves up, we'd be able to get the, the more consequential happenings can come to us. A lot of people then would write it off to fate. Like history's already written. Like it, fate is already out there. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So that when you experience those things, somehow you've tapped into the matrix or whatever you want to call it. And all you did was get a preview of what happens then. Oh, yeah, I knew she was going to walk through the door because it was already written. So is history already written? Is the future already written? Because me saying that now is history. And it was like 25 seconds ago. See, this is why I shouldn't do these alone. What are your thoughts? What do you think? Send me an email if you like. Archcityparanormal at gmail.com. You can even comment uh, depending on where you're listening to the podcast. Uh, you can comment there. You can even send us a, a message on uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, all that social crap we have. But I'd be super interested to see what people thought. Is, is, is the future already written? Is it like the matrix and like, we're just, or is there a glitch or something? Are we in the matrix? Are we just hooked up? Is this entire experience that we're having basically a computer program? Thoughts? Anyone? I'm alone, so I don't expect any thoughts. If I did, that'd be a hell of a thing to capture. So, interesting. Sibling uh, telepathy. Guess it was more a topic of deja vu, wasn't it? Get rid of that story, and we can move on. Next up, Bigfoot. For those of you that didn't know, and maybe you did, and you went, and if you did, I want to hear from you. Let me know. This past weekend, August 7th through the 9th, the Minnesota Bigfoot Conference took place at at Timberlake Lodge Hotel in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. From news report there, it says about 50 people attended. And got all their info on Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it. The interesting thing about that is just a few days ago, there was a sighting in, in Kentucky. I can find the news story here. I'm so unorganized. Here it is. I gave that to you out of order. I want to talk about the Bigfoot conference after this, but that's okay. 
There's a Bigfoot conference this past weekend in Minnesota. 50 people went. It's interesting. So this is a news report from CNN, nonetheless. Feel free to go look this up. Man fires gun after claiming he saw Bigfoot. A couple claiming at a national, a couple camping. I cannot read today. Maybe it's because I was so frustrated earlier, like my blood pressure's up or something. It's the words. It reads the words and it finishes the news story. And then we discuss it. Okay. A couple camping at a national park in Kentucky said they were rousted from their tent by a man who told them that he had seen Bigfoot. The couple said he fired into the darkness after the ape-like monster that has never been proven to exist lunged at him. You can tell it's CNN writing that, right? The couple told CNN on Wednesday, law enforcement rangers, that's weird to call them that, law enforcement rangers with the Mammoth Cave National Park responded to the incident involving the camper with the firearm at one of the park's backcountry campsites early Sunday. Park spokeswoman Molly Shore said in a statement, the statement did not confirm a Bigfoot sighting, but Shore said, what? All this is talking about her. The statement did not confirm. This is written horribly for CNN. What is this? The statement did not confirm a Bigfoot sighting, but Shore said that no threat remains in the park. Federal regulations prohibit the discharge of a firearm inside the national park. She said park, park officials now know the identity of the person who allegedly fired the weapon, but no charges have been filed. Well, why wouldn't you file charges against the guy if you don't think that Bigfoot was there? Clearly, he did you a favor. He ran it off. So, dude, so... <laughs> So they're at one of those campsites. You've, you, I'm sure you've, you've been there, but those nas- the national park campsites typically are like, uh, I forget what they call them. They call them some good, like really good words, like rustic or what is it? Not nature. Maybe it is nature camping. But a lot of times they have those spots where there's no amenities. There's no facilities or anything. There's just an area where you can hike to and you can go camping. So can you even imagine you're up there, you're up there with your significant other chilling out, having a good time, probably ate some good food on the fire back in the tent, little alone time, a little brown chicken, brown cow. And then guess what? Earl at the next campsite over probably 50, 60 yards away. You hear him screaming and gunshots. That'll ruin a moment. So you come tumbling out of your tent. Dude shooting into the dark. You have no idea what he's shooting at. Could be a could be a bear. Could be a mountain lion. I don't know what they have in Kentucky. A bobcat. They're mean. You're probably at best, at best, you're half clothed. Probably all your naughty bits are covered up at this point. Like after you, you know, you tumble, you definitely handle that before you come out of the tent, unless something's on fire, which at that point you dive out and don't worry about what, how you're clothed. So you come barreling out of the tent, half dressed again, Earl with probably some overpowered firearm. It probably, it probably wasn't even like, you know, his, his, 
his like side carry nine millimeter. It's probably completely overpowered. And he's blasting into the woods at some unseen object. And then there you are face to face with deliverance half naked. And he wants to tell you about Bigfoot, but Bigfoot was here and he was coming at me. So there was a Bigfoot conference in Minnesota. So I'll tell you what I think. I'm glad that people are investigating Bigfoot. I think anything that we have questions about, whether, you know, I've said this before, obviously paranormal because that's, that's me. I'm out there stumbling around old buildings, typically without a flashlight, hurting myself for your entertainment on videos on Facebook. So whether it's paranormal, UFOlogy, cryptozoology, which obviously Bigfoot falls into anything at all that we don't have all the answers to. And there's people willing to, to give up their personal time to go out and investigate this stuff. More power to them. Thank you. Thank you. I want more info. Feed me Seymour. I want more info, but I'll tell you about Bigfoot. It is extremely hard for me to believe that in 2020, we have not finally captured hardcore, 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 hardcore Bigfoot video. <laughs> hardcore Bigfoot video. Nobody wants to see hardcore Bigfoot video. But at this point, any video that we could get of him at all, <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Fuck it. Go with it. Sounds great. We're going to do that. Hardcore Bigfoot video. <laughs> oh, hopefully you're not listening to this on a speaker. Like in a work setting. What the hell is Keith over there listening to? Somebody over there talking about Bigfoot porn? Hardcore Bigfoot video? I'm sorry. I'm mean, Hopefully I didn't cost you your gig. Anyhow, credible is maybe a better word. That it is 2020 and that we have not captured credible Bigfoot video is disturbing to me. I mean, when we talked about UFOs last week, that was one of the things I said. There's so many phones out there. There's so many cameras pointed everywhere. That you would think by now we would have we would have had the opportunity to have seen like some high def. Have you seen the video? Like my I have a pixel. I've got a pixel four. The video that it takes, I mean, like legit, like it is HD for real, man. Like you throw it up on my television and it looks like I mean, it looks like you're looking out a window. I mean, it's some quality quality video. And I mean, I know iPhones do the exact same thing. This isn't like a a phone commercial. I'm just saying as an example, phones today take these HD videos. That's no longer the grainy super eight looking through a a trees, a a stand of trees. And you, you know, you capture this figure moving along. I mean, this is like, it's like hard, uh, hardcore. There I go with that again. 
credible, credible HD video. So at this point in time, we probably should have tracked this down now. Now we're getting video like this from the, the government, from the American government themselves of UFOs. So wouldn't at this point, wouldn't we already have that type of video for Bigfoot? Wouldn't you think? And I know there's a lot of you out there right now. You're saying to yourself, well, Kyle, you know, it's not exactly like you've got some confirmation of paranormal activity. You haven't got a, a, any, any video of that. I would contend to say that the, there's video out there and it is HD quality. Now, could it be debunked as it's been edited somehow? Possibly. However, what I would also say is that the people trying to prove that Bigfoot's real have access to that exact same editing software and we're still not getting anything from them. So I'm glad there's people out there looking for this. I'm glad there's people out there here in Ohio. They call it, there's a, there's a similar supposedly related called the grass man. And I've talked to friends of mine. We want to go out. We want to try to investigate this. We want to go out and do it. I will do it. I will go. I will go. But between here and there, between sitting here in the podcast studio and going out and looking for it, it's difficult for me to believe until there's some type of evidence that I, that I, that I deem credible, not hardcore, that I deem credible for me to say that the, uh, could it be? Sure. It could be. It could be real. And don't get me wrong. I don't think people that, that believe in Bigfoot are like on par with like flat earthers. I mean, you're, I get it. Don't, don't think for a second. I'm a, I'm a doubter. I'm a skeptic of Bigfoot. I don't think you're an idiot because flat earthers are idiots and probably no, don't don't yeah, fuck it. Probably don't believe in COVID. Probably think it's a hoax. Probably think that there's a Bill Gates vaccine that's going to put a chip in your arm. <sighs> Get off on another half an hour tangent on Karen. So don't think, don't just don't think that if you if you are a a, a stout believer in Bigfoot, this is not me telling you that you don't know what you're talking about. This is not me telling you that you're an idiot for going out and looking for this evidence. Okay. Because again, I'm that guy. Okay. Stumbles around in old buildings, typically by myself, completely unsafe, normally without a flashlight. And just to punish myself further, I post those videos up live on, on, on social media. Okay. So this is not me saying you don't know what you're doing. You're an idiot. You are definitely not on par with the flat earthers. Because those people are done. Completely done. There's two brain cells and they're busy arguing with each other. 
It's a wonder they can tie their shoes in the morning. I bet you most of them have slip-ons for that exact reason. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a good slip-on shoe. I, I, I do. Maybe not like a loafer, not a penny loafer, nothing like that. Don't don't start putting that on me. I'm talking even even like the 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 tennis shoes that I wear, sneakers, whatever you want to call them, running shoes, walking shoes, whatever. I I typically don't tie them. I don't like to. I feel like it's a waste of time. I want to slip that thing on and go do whatever the hell it is I need to do, because I want to get home and take them off so I can put my Crocs on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. And I got my Crocs. My Crocs are in two-wheel drive. Okay. If you don't know anything about Crocs, four-wheel drive is when you actually use the, the strap to go around your heel. That's no, you don't do that at home. That's You're at home. You don't need four-wheel drive at the house. You go two-wheel drive Croc mode. That's what the, you got the strap up front. So you can just slip them babies on and off. There's no better shoe in the world. There isn't. It's another reason why I absolutely detest winter. You can't wear Crocs. They make the, they make the ones that's got like they're like fur lined so that you you could if you want, but really there's still the holes in them that can breathe. So you don't want to wear those. And then you're going to get you're going to get snow that comes in the in the heel. You, you, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So it's a summer shoe. It's my favorite shoe. And I can't wear them. And I mean in just a couple months I can't wear them. And guess when I can't wear them? I can't wear them when I watch football because we don't have football. We don't have football. I'm so sad. And then probably by the time I was saying this to someone, probably by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, look, I'm going to back off on this tangent again. Probably by the time Thanksgiving rolls around, usually when, you know, what do you do on Thanksgiving? You completely overeat on all this food. And then what do you do? Me, I post up in front of the television and I watch the NFL. By the time we get there on Thanksgiving, the, the NFL is not doing a bubble. By the time we get there on Thanksgiving, there probably won't even be any NFL. Because Karen and Chad won't put on a mask. But I'm not bitter. No, I'm sure I'll be able to watch. I don't know. A Disney movie? The Sound of Music, maybe? Sure, why not? It'll be fantastic. Can't wait. More of my fall festivities ruined. Oh. So yeah, I don't think... I, I'm i not a disbeliever in Bigfoot. But I don't think... Right now, there's not enough evidence for me, personally. Be like, oh yeah, shit's real. We've not found credible fur. We've not found credible, uh, what's scat, feces. All the footprints look different. Man, just not enough for me right now. Our last story of the day, back on UFOs, the the UFO show last week. Always super popular. Appreciate everybody downloading that show. Little bit of UFO news. It turns out that one of the most famous astronauts of all time, it's been confirmed, 
that he believed in extraterrestrials. Speaking from his home in Cincinnati, Ohio, to mark the 50th anniversary of the moon landing last year, Neil Armstrong's son said that a lot of astronauts claim to have had spiritual experiences and that was not true of my father, but what he did believe was in alien life forms. Reflecting on his dad's achievements, Mark Armstrong, 57, said that despite Armstrong touching the heavens in the historic Apollo 11 mission, he didn't admit to believing in God, but he believed in alien life forms. It's just a, it's, it's, it is a statistical impossibility that there aren't extra, extraterrestrials. I can't even say it today. I mean, can you look at the stars at night and think to yourself, well, there's just no way. How could you be so self-important? Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to tie it back into Karen and Chad. But clearly we're getting a good example of people feeling selfish and self-important. <sighs> Anyhow, but yeah, you can look up. I mean, how would you look at the, how would you look at the night sky, clear night sky, all those stars, millions of them within your field of view and think to yourself, there's just impossible if there's anything out there as smart as me. Meanwhile, I could barely read a paragraph and, you know, slam my hand in a car door. Well, you know, there couldn't possibly be anything out there this smart. There's no way. I mean, I have days where the dog looks at me like, really? You, you're the most evolved species on the planet. <laughs> I know it's what he's thinking. He's very judgmental. I love him. He's great. Boone. I'm his biggest fan. So. so if you didn't know, he's named after Boone Jenner on the Blue Jackets. So that goes to show you how big of a fan I am. We are the wife and I. But here's a guy that walked on another planet. OK, I mean, what is that? There's probably been. How many people have walked on the moon? Let's Google that. How many? Twelve. Twelve astronauts have walked on the moon. Twelve people. OK. On this mud ball, the billions of people that we have packed on this mud ball, 12, 12 dudes, 12, okay? 10 fingers, two toes, 12 people have walked on the moon. That's great. What a statistic. You ever seen one of those photos or photos out there of, of guys that have taken pictures of the earth? And like the caption is, is you know, I, I, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew the name, but let's say, for example, one of the guys that walked on the moon, Alan Shepard, Alan Shepard took this photo. And at the time he's the only human in existence, not in the photo because the pictures of the planet. That's surreal. Pretty cool. So yeah, the, to the point where Neil Armstrong was one of 12 guys to ever walk on another planet. So of course he believes. After being after stepping back and 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 being on 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 another planet and looking around, can you imagine how much how much more humbling it must be? I mean, standing in your backyard on a on a clear night and looking up and and looking up with an open mind and thinking to yourself, each one of those stars could represent a sun incorporating its own 
nine planets, eight planet or nine planets. So what are the chances? So it must be even more humbling to stand up there and look out. And here's this big blue ball over here. As I say, your left, I'm motioning with my left arm right now. So you can't see me over here on the left is earth and looking past it off into this vast black abyss dotted with these points of light that, you know, represent the possibility of other life, other intelligent life forms inhabiting our, our, our space. It's unbelievable. Statistically impossible. That there isn't something else out there. That's all I got, kids. I sincerely appreciate you tuning in and having a listen. As always, spend this next week thinking of something that you want to know more about. Look into it. Dig in a dig into a book. Do do a simple Google search. Spend some time on your phone. I mean, you're doing it anyway. What do you want to know about? Go figure it out. Go chase it. Whatever it is. Whether it's Bigfoot or where do bobcat tails go? I don't whatever you want to whatever you want to know. Go figure it out. Become an, become an authority on that subject. Go figure it out. Have fun with it. And then tell somebody else about it. Encourage somebody else to chase whatever the answers they're looking for. It could be ghosts. It could be aliens. It could be Bigfoot. It could it could be anything. But just make sure that you're out there chasing something. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay away from each other. And most importantly, for the next week until he talked to me again. Thanks for tuning in. And stay weird, everybody.